and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode number 318 and as always, thanks to everybody who tuned into last week's show. Some really impressive listening figures that we're having coming in now uh, and obviously the good times are rolling here at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, so we are happy to be here. This week, we've got a very, very special guest on the line waiting for us now. He's no stranger to this podcast. It's Kent Teague. He's waiting for us and we've got a roundup of the past six days. It's a bit of a shorter week because we recorded last Bank Holiday Monday uh, with a roundup of all the news and everything that's gone on over the past six days. But as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. We certainly do. So our sponsors are Carol Langley Florist, who are an established business. They are based in Chingford and specialise in bespoke flowers, sourced from the finest growers in the world. And they can do anything from a simple thank you to tailored promotion events for hey. everyone. They are here to help and offer all O's fans and staff up to 15% off, which could give you a massive discount of any flowering costs you have. So to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists, you can give them a call on 0208 529 4130, or you can get in contact with them on social media. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4, or you can find John himself on Twitter under Essexbiz. You can find the team on Instagram under Carol Langley Florist, and you can find them on Facebook as well at Carol Langley Florist. So joining us, as I said earlier, is uh, uh, someone who is no stranger to this particular <laughs> podcast. We're delighted to welcome you back. Ken, thank you very much indeed for giving up uh, some of your evening for us. Very grateful to have you back and a pleasure to have you as always. Now, um, obviously, we're going to start and cover a wide range of, of topics, but I think let's start. You were in the away, in the away end yesterday at Sutton. How was that for you? Uh, it's great to be with you guys again. Um, away days are my favorite. Um, I always enjoy being in the away end. Uh, yesterday was especially just incredible. Um, our away fans have risen their game to a whole nother level. Um, and it's just a joy to be in there, all the songs and all the singing and all the taunting and all the stuff that goes on. Um, it is really amazing. And what were your thoughts on the actual game itself, Kent? How did you find the uh, the ninety minutes? Because you're not the most calm man, I think it's fair to say, over the ninety minute period. Yeah. I, uh, I I was frustrated by a couple of missed shots there at the end. Of course, you know you know me, um, but I I thought that we really, like Richie has said in his post game interview, we played very very well. We were technically solid. Um, we had the vast majority of the possession. It felt like and. There were certainly, there were very few times when we felt threatened at all. Um, and it felt like they were threatened quite a bit. So I thought overall we played really, really well. Um, you know, it looked a lot like Sol- Salford in the first half and, and some of these, these other games that we've been playing really well. A more complete 90 minutes, I think, is what I... And my thoughts on on that as well, that we didn't drop our levels in the second half like we did against Harrogate, for example. Um, Kent, thoughts on the season so far? Are you where you thought we would be or expected us to be at the start of the season? No, 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 no way. (laughs) (laughs) No, no way. No, 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 there's no way. Uh, 
my expectation was is that we would come in sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. Uh, we'd just make the playoffs. I was hoping that we could get get on a really strong run right before the end of the playoffs, and then sneak our way into possibly a playoff final and maybe get promoted. That was the best that I had written down and hoped for. Um, but Richie decided very differently and, uh, the players decided very differently and, and that's where we are. And what is there, obviously you come from a successful background, can you been successful in many businesses and roles that you've taken place? Why do you think that we've so massively overachieved this season? I think it's a combination of, I, I think it's a combination of Richie who is really focused on a certain style of strategy and has continued to push this style of strategy. And he has confidence that the players can play this style of strategy. Now, sometimes it makes me really nervous when we play out of the back the way we do, but he has that style and that is the style that he wants played and he knows the players can do it. And you know what? They can, and they do very, very well. I think the other thing that's happened is is that this particular team this year um, is really cohesive, I guess. They are, they are really together as a group. And you notice that there is very little... Uh, negative feedback that any of the players give any of the other players on the pitch. Um, it does have it does happen, um, but it happens at a very very low level. So I think that Richie and the style of play that he wants to play and the type and then the implementation of that, the confidence, and then just the players themselves uh, being really committed to the team uh, and to each other as individuals. We we had a bit of a false dawn yesterday in the sense that we thought that we were promoted yesterday. That wasn't to be. We need another point um, to assure ourselves of promotion. Three would, I think, or four be champion. When do you think we will? When do you think that that announcement will, will happen? Which game do you think that we'll be promoted, or which which game do you think we may be announced as champions? I. I am very hopeful that we are automatically promoted Tuesday night in Gillingham because I just want to be done with that part of it. Just let's just, let's just be done with that. We've started, we have literally been in first place the entire year. Now I know there's goal differential early in the season and maybe we were second or third or fourth or whatever, but we've always had the points. I think to be sitting in first so or thereabouts. So for me, it's just let's just finish this from a promotion perspective and then we can focus on the championship. Once we eliminate it down to where there are only two other teams that can beat us for the championship, then it becomes a really interesting conversation of how we focus on that. Um, so I'm hoping Gillingham the 22nd, and I really want us to have – finished up uh, the title by the 29th. Uh, no offense to Bradford. I just don't want to go to Bradford. I'd rather go home. 
Um, you know, but it's just, that's, that's where that I would, I, I would love it if we would win the championship at home. Yeah. Um, so 22nd would be great. Might be a little early, but maybe not, but let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get automatic promotion. Now, you know, the perfect scenario from a home, you know, situation is, we get promoted on the 22nd and we win the league on the 29th and I'd be fine with that. So let's just see how it goes. Historically, anything before the final game of the season, Ken, is a, is a relatively stress-free uh, process for Orient fans <laughs> based on the last two promotions. <laughs> so, Yeah, in terms of, you know, it's um, we're saying before that Martin Ling is still kind of overwhelmed that with five games left it could be wrapped up this week yeah I, I, Martin continues to question the reality of not having to score within the last five minutes in order to get promoted or you know some of the other ones I think what he told me the other day was that in the five has he been in five promotions now or four I think he said four or five promotions I um, mean, all of those four or five promotions, it all came down to the last day on every one of those promotions. So for him, uh, you know, the chance that we're going to get, uh, you know, promoted in the fifth to last game or the fourth to last game or the third to last game, I think it, you know, it's just a little bit outside of the boundary of his uh, history, right? So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully we can change history. Will you step across the white line and celebrate with the players when promotion is announced, or will you keep your promise to stay off the pitch? I don't know. It's going back a little bit in the memory books, but you said you'd never cross the white line. But is there a is there a good reason that you 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 can and should and will? I will only cross that white line when the players and Richie and Martin tell me that it's okay that I cross that white line. Mm. Uh, now, fortunately for me, Justin said it was okay for me to cross that white line after a brain tree match where we drew nil-nil. Mm-hmm. So I was on the pitch, and I got the opportunity to lift the trophy. Again, that don't go across the white line thing is all about respect of the players that they have spent and the coaches and everyone that's involved, including like Keats and you know all the staff that goes in and around the game. And they've spent their entire lives creating the expertise that they have. And I think it's just, you know, I have not done that. And so I just think that's their place. And and I'm fine with it being their place. And I'll I'll stay on this side of the line in my place. This will obviously be the second promotion that you'll experience with Leighton Orient. Obviously, you had the National League promotion. This is a few Mm -hmm. years later. There's been a lot of events that have kind of led to this. Is it the same emotions that you're feeling at this point in time or are you having different emotions now with what you've experienced previously? Uh, the emotions are different because this is more a, a feeling of completed ac- accomplishment as opposed to step accomplishment. When we got promoted from the National League to League Two, that was the first step that we had promised <clears throat> that we would deliver uh, to the club. And so this feels more like an accomplishment of 
greater proportion um, because it's we we are going to do I think what we said we were going to do in the time frame the general time frame that we said we were going to do it and we will be back to where most of our fans told us they thought we deserved to be when we bought the club and so from that perspective I'm feeling much more accomplished and much more joyful and just incredibly proud of what, you know, our fans have been through. And, you know, Richie says that we have to deliver the club back to the fans. That's kind of how he says it. And what he means is we've got to put them, we've got to put the club back into the league that the fans are most comfortable believing that they deserve to be in. So, I think you, you touched on it there. So we go, we get back to League One where we kind of were before you guys came in and and, and saved the club and, and saved what we mm-hmm. now know as a a well run and well oiled machine. So essentially, I think as you said, like in, from the outset, the mission that you, Nigel, um, and and the team had was originally to get us back to, to, to League One. So I guess whenever promotion is, is assured mathematically and, and factually, that's kind of like job done, mission accomplished. What, what, happen, what happens next with, with regards to your involvement in Leighton Orient? Is that you kind of, you, you know, you're done because you've, I think you originally said that you're a kind of go in, save, save something, turn it around and then kind of exit. So does that mean that potentially... You, you've fallen in love and, and we're in your heart and you're never going to leave us or might you kind of say, actually, no, I'm, I'm going to look at other things now. Where, where do you kind of stand on, on that kind of the journey, the further journey? I think that rumours of my retirement from Leighton Orient are largely overblown. Um, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't see it as like a involved or not involved i see it as a i'm going to be involved in Leighton orient i'm still going to come to london you know a lot um i just don't know based on what will the needs be in league one will the club have a different set of needs you know in order to be sustainable in league one I know that I can contribute. That's not the question. The question is really more around Nigel um, and the board and the fans and everybody kind of deciding, you know, this is the, you know, we want Cryptic Kent back or we want, you know, I mean, who knows, right? I don't know. I don't know, right? That's it. This isn't. This isn't like I'm not going to have a retirement party, you know, the Sunday after, (laughs) you know, it's not like that at all. Um, This is this is just me being willing and being open to a conversation with our fans and our board of directors and Nigel and and whoever, um, you know, Mark and, and Martin Ling and Richie, you know, about, okay, now that we're in League One. What do you guys want to accomplish, and how can I help? I think a lot of Orient fans would uh, be very uh, upset if you were to uh, 
leave the club or have a lot less um, <laughs> to do. But that I'm is obviously gonna, all good I'm, things do come. I'm not going to announce my. Re- no. I'm not going to announce my retirement. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not pushing for you for an exclusive on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I'd sleep well tonight if I yeah. had to announce that. But look, like to be realistic, like obviously all good things do come to an end, and at some point there will be a time where you say, actually, you know, I've done my, I've done my time, and it's time for someone else to perhaps take over, and I'll come back as a fan or or whatever it may be. But hopefully that won't be for a long, long yeah. time. So Ken, do you have a favourite moment? I'll, I'll, well, let me just let me just let me just say this on that. I hope that that time is later rather than sooner. Amen. That's all. Yeah, I would. Agree. I really want it to be later rather than sooner. You know, there's an article that's been written kind of about me today, and that article basically says, and a lot of people see it. I am incredibly passionate about Leighton Orient. It is the greatest thing that has ever happened in my life. And I promise you, I do not want to, and I don't have any desire to step anywhere away from the greatest thing in my life, which is Leighton Orient. So, like I said, these rumors are way overblown. It's all good. Great stuff. Do you, do you have a favourite moment from this season at all, Ken? A favourite moment at Leighton Orient from this season. Is my it- my favourite my favourite moment at Leighton Orient is when we have drawn and we should have won, and I get to go into the supporters club and act like an idiot from Texas who doesn't understand why we draw, why we don't play until, you know, somebody wins or somebody dies, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that's, those are, you know, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a ton of memorable moments in the last six years with Leighton Orient that all compile into this deep love of the club. And, the you know and, and so you know there are like little interactions at the training ground or interactions I've had with Justin or um, you know or Richie or Martin Ling or you know Nigel Nigel and I doing this or talking about this you know there are so many moments that make up success success doesn't happen in an instant it happens over a timeline. And it takes a number of actions to cause that eventual success. I know it looks like it's overnight in some ways to some people where it suddenly it appears. Um, that's not the way success has ever worked out for me. I've always had to be very persistent. But, you know, some of the interactions that I've had with some of our fans, uh, you know, the, the English humor versus the Texas humor, um, you know, going into the South Stand or South Stand Bar, you know, I, there are matches where we're away. I remember Wrexham away. I remember Chesterfield away. I remember Gateshead away, um, you know, riding on the coach. I mean, there's so many. Um, for me to say that there is one specific favorite, I have rarely ever felt the level of success that I did when I was uh, walking on the pitch after Braintree. 
in 2019. Um, and just the feeling, the fans being there and, you know, just the interactions. Um, and it, the other thing too is, is that it feels like it's family to me because I know so many people's names and so many people's faces and say, you know, hello to them and know who they are. And there are fans that we have now that I've literally watched grow up, including some of our players like, you know, Dan Happ or Ruel or, I mean, there's a couple of them where, you know, I remember them. And so all of those memories combined into this kaleidoscope um, is just an incredible experience to have. It's just incredible. We had quite a lot of listener questions uh, come in uh, off the back of our request for questions from, from fellow fans. Boatsy asked, mm-hmm. can you ask Kent about pre-season plans? I suspect this is probably one for Martin yeah. rather than yourself. Do you know about any pre-season plans? Is there a tour at all or is there any light that you might be able to shine on that at all? Uh, I know that Martin Martin has been having a conversation. Mark has been involved in that conversation and Richie uh, is sort of being asked about that conversation. Everybody sort of has Richie focused on a couple of different objectives. If you're not sure what they are, then I'm not quite sure why you're listening to this podcast. But, um, <laughs> but um, so that, you know, so those, those plans always run kind of the same way every year. Um, I know I've seen the question about hearts and, you know, going up to Scotland or, you know, there's always been questions about going to Las Vegas or to the U.S. and that sort of thing. Um, I don't think we have any extravagant plans uh, for this summer, okay. um, but we'll see what, you know, we'll see what the guys come up with. Orient underscore Ed. Happy birthday, by the way, Ed, uh, for today. It says the partnership with Hartford Athletic uh, was announced, but we have pretty much heard nothing about it since. Is there an update or has nothing come of this? That's really a question that we need to ask Nigel. Yeah, yeah. Nigel was the one that set up that partnership, and and I I haven't heard that much about it. But that doesn't mean that Nigel hasn't been, you know, getting things done there. Yeah. Nick Clark Ailes said, "Are there any more plans for investment from the USA? So do, are you guys looking out for future investment? Obviously, given that we're a League One club with probably higher expenditure levels, etc." conversation is really simple are we going to aggressively push on to be in the championship or are we going to solidify ourselves in league one and do we push on and thus by pushing on you know need a certain level of additional investment in order to do that or do we sustain ourselves into League One and need a certain amount of investment in order to become a more sustainable club in League One? And the answer to that is, is we don't know yet. I'd love to be able to tell everybody that our crystal ball has become completely cleared, the clouds have parted, and we can see in the crystal ball exactly what we're going to do. But the reality is we haven't made that decision. And I think that part of it is that we hesitate to make those decisions 
um, because we want to make sure that we're really in League One. Now, I know that everybody thinks we are in League One, and I do think that over the next probably two weeks to three weeks, there will be much clarification around that from the board perspective. But that's really what that question's about. The answer is, yes, we're looking for more investment, but the reason that we're looking for more investment is that either path will require more investment. Good shout. We had a lot of questions upon that, so I think you've answered about five or six different questions within yeah. that one answer there, so thank you for that, Kent. Mm-hmm. LOFC1881 says, Would Kent agree that with the increase in season ticket prices and the cost of living that most have, this might see a long-term less attendance to games, especially with the 24-25 season 3pm blackout potentially being removed? Do you think that might affect attendances? Go ahead. Do you think that might affect attendances there, Ken? The answer to that question is very simple. We win, people come to the stadium. We lose, people don't come to the stadium. I don't think it has, I know that it has, I don't disagree that it has to do with the cost of living and the general economy in the UK and wages and energy prices and inflation and the cost of eggs. And and I get all that because I am personally impacted by all of those things, just like everybody else. But what we see and what most clubs see is that if they are the higher up the table you are, the more likely you're going to have high attendances and high demand. And the lower down you are, uh, the lower your your you know your uh, attendances tend to be. LOFC Teresa asked, "Are there any plans for a celebration event at Brisbane Road, or are there any other plans to celebrate our promotion?" We will present if we are able to. We will present the championship trophy for the women's team promotion. And hopefully we will present the trophy. You know, we will do it if we have the ability to do it right. We can't we can't need two points or let's not make it that hard. We can't need one point and go to Bradford and give ourselves the trophy on the 29th. So, you know, uh, but yes, there will be some kind of celebration uh, at, uh, at Brisbane Road. If we, and, and there, are two, there are two different things to celebrate. One is promotion and, and one is winning the league. Amen to that, Kent. Amen to that. S. Blandino yeah. Knight says, I know you're going on Tuesday, and we'll obviously discuss that, but are you planning on going into the away end again, or are you going to uh, take your seat amongst the uh, board people? I've asked Mark to contact Gillingham to help me with the potential logistics of getting from where I will sit the first half to where I want to be the second half. So my expectation is is that I will be in the away end of the second half at Gillingham. Now, all of these away games since 2017, I have typically, there is a conversation about Dover, but I have typically been the first half in the director's area 
wherever that seating is for that particular uh, club. And then at halftime, I migrate into the away end. And I'm hoping that I will do that at Gillingham. And I'm also hoping that, well, we'll see what happens with Mansfield. But I, I do hope I can figure that out with Gillingham. It just it just looking at the stadium and, and the logistics, it's, it's a long way, it seems like. We had uh, a few questions from the forum. Uh, what Oreo on the forum asked, I would like to understand what Kent sees as his biggest regret in life. And if there's more than one, let's hear them. It's quite a deep question for a Sunday night, but <laughs> probably a life lesson for, my, for somebody somewhere. My, my, I, th- this is actually fairly easy uh, for me to answer. My biggest regret in life occurs every time that I lash out at someone emotionally when I am in a selfish state. And so what happens is, is that I lash out at them verbally because I'm in an emotionally bad state. And, my, and I can think of so many times that I was horrible to my mother or I was horrible to my father or I was horrible to my sisters or I was horrible to my friends. And, and so to me, that is my greatest regret in life is somehow figuring out how to convince the people that I absolutely love that I somehow or some for some silly reason right now can't figure out how to express the appropriate level of love that I have for them because I'm in such a selfish state and I'm lashing out at them emotionally. That is by far my greatest regret in life. Wow. That is a very honest answer there, Ken. Thank you for sharing that um, with us. Uh, Fish on the forum said, can Ken tell us his thoughts about how the women's team have come through some real adversity yet remain undefeated all season and are now crowned as champions I mean it's just a testament to that group of women that they have you know they have trained they have been persistent they are clearly technically gifted at the level that they play I mean I was at the match today uh, and watched them uh, you know win the championship so it was a fantastic day out Uh, you know 4-0 victory and you know, the scenes at the end with the players and the coaches and them on the pitch and pictures. And then uh, I hope I hope they enjoyed the, re- the reception that we had for them and their families. And, and I was happy to get to be there and, and have some conversations with, you know, some of the very proud parents and a lot of very proud players and some coaches, too, that were, were super excited. So, you know, we're really grateful that they play for Late Orient. Um, that they commit their time and their efforts uh, to being successful on behalf of Leighton Orient. So, you know, as far as how they've done that, I think there's just a lot of persistence and, you know, a lot of talent involved in, in that. Next up on the forum and, and sort of one of our final questions, what is the possibility of hiring a temporary sound system for the crew and Stockport games something that potentially can create an atmosphere. 
I know it's possibly oh, coming in the summer. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'd have to ask Mark about a temporary. I actually think that's a good question to ask Mark. They should they should do that on Twitter. Cool. We'll drop him. We can drop him a line uh, on that one. Not a yeah. problem. So Kenton, I guess to finish. We're almost there, right? We're almost in the promised land. We can almost taste it. We're so close. We just have one more point. <laughs> one more point. I mean, what? I mean, everyone's obviously listening to this and really excited for Tuesday and Saturday and what the future is going to bring. What, what's your message to any Orient fans listening uh, this evening? It's a hell of a club, and it's a hell of a ride, and it's worth it. It is really worth it. That's about all I know to say to that. Nice. And of course, as always, you know, up the O's. <laughs> well, that 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 is all we had for you. Thank you very much indeed for your, as always, your candidness. Um, see you on the terraces somewhere at some point, no doubt. Um, and if anybody yep. is oh, that's listening will see Kent, I'm sure they will come up uh, and say hello, just like they did at Sutton. Although yep. this time, I don't think... Um, you'll be left alone. I'm sure you'll have neck ache from all the arms around you uh, and so on. So it's in, it's in clutching distance now. It's literally there. They have to be ready for me to attack them. That's all I got to say. I'm going to be super excited too. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for Tuesday. Can't wait for Saturday. Um, you know, this is the reason why we do what we do. So, you know, you just, you just have to be willing and, uh, you know, committed to saying, well, I'm going to be there. I'm not missing this. I am not going to miss this. I can't wait. I can't wait for Tuesday and Saturday. And it's clear to see how much it, it means to you, right? So, you know, you've seen the teams go down to National League and be stuck down there for years. It's, I still look back and think it's an amazing job that yourself, Nigel, Matt Marshall, all the guys on the board have done. And to be where we are just, you know, six years into your lifespan at Leighton or in, in the verge of a second promotion is um, an amazing story and one that I hope you're truly yeah. truly proud of and you know there's so much love for you from the Orient fans out there I hope I hope you realise I'm sure you do how, how highly regarded you are at Leighton Orient no, I, I appreciate that I, you know there's plenty of success here and there's plenty of credit to go around and you know everybody at the club has played their part over the last six years in getting us to where we are now and uh, and where we're going to be in the future. So super excited about that too. Kent, thank you very much indeed again for coming yep. on and giving up your Sunday evening. Sure. I'm really grateful. We'll let you go now and enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. Yep. We'll see you soon and all the best. Thanks a lot. Uh, always a pleasure, gentlemen. All see the you best. soon, Kent. Cheers, Kent. So thank you, Kent, who just joined us live on the phone. Really great to spend half hour with Kent there. Spoke about a lot of things, and I think it's still clear to see how driven Kent Teague is, how close Orient are still in his heart. I mean, I read that article today, and it did sound like it might be bye-bye Kent, but I think having him on the podcast this evening has kind of put my fears aside for the time being for that. Yeah, you take you can take it either way, can't you? It's either that look, you know, he's he's achieved what he set out to achieve, and like it's now the right time for him to step away because that's what he does, that's what his expertise is, and he'll focus on something else. But by the same token, the love he has 
the pleasure that this has given him back to back promotions in five or six years is unbelievable. It's a, just an unbelievable turnaround um, from where we were seven, eight years ago. Um, so then there's the other side of it that actually, if you're playing devil's advocate, there's a 50 50 chance and it's pretty even. Probably actually maybe 51 49 in that him staying because if he can add value, which he can in many different ways, not just financially, but yeah, in his course. expertise yeah. and his thought process and his business acumen. Um, that, that he'll stay with us because this is a, pa- a huge passion project for him now and he wants to see the club be established in League One and probably in three or four years' time push on and, and look for, look to get a playoff place. Who knows? But yeah, fingers crossed. But as always, we appreciate Kent T always. on the podcast. Always. always speaks honestly, never shirks a question, is always happy to answer whatever. There's always a good answer to. behind the to, to, there's always a good answer to the question as well. There's always a depth and meaning. It's not just a, a yeah. superficial response of, you know, I've answered that question before. Here's my answer from last time. There's always thought and you can hear. Yeah. That's why there's some delays there. I think obviously from we're doing it through a WhatsApp call, so there's a slight internet delay, but also I think there's pause mm. for him to think and be thoughtful about what he's saying as well. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, great stuff. So let's get on with the rest of the episode. So Porter's Club updates, three <laughs> trips left to tell you about for this year. First up, the big one, Tuesday 18th of April, we are off to Gillingham. This one kicks off at 7.45. If you're going on the coach, it leaves at 4pm. If you haven't booked yet and you want to, it'll cost you 25 quid for adult tickets. Concessions are £22 and children for £13 in. On Tuesday the 25th of April, we go to Mansfield. This one kicks off. At 7.45, coaches leave Brisbane Road at half one, costing adults £40, concessions £37 and kids £20. And the final game of the season, Monday the 8th of May, Bank Holiday Monday, we are off to Bradford City. This one kicks off at 12.13. If you want to go, you need to be up early to get up and at them. This one leaves the supporters club at half past six in the morning, wow. early start. Adult fares cost you a bargain price, though, of only 42 quid. Concessions, £39, and kids, £21. And please remember, these prices do not include your match day tickets, which need to be bought beforehand. So don't rock up to Gillingham without a ticket, because you ain't getting into the hottest ticket in town without it. So to book for any of those trips, you can visit the supporters club on a match day, pre or post match, or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 Nine. Absolutely. One piece of AOB for you this week. Orient fan Jonathan Wren, who's got the Twitter handle JohnW999. He's running the London Marathon next week for St. Christopher's Hospice, who work across five London boroughs. John will be grateful to fellow Orient fans for any donation of any size, as anything will make a big difference. Having already reached his initial target at £2,000, additional um, every additional pound will help support the amazing work they do, and John is hoping to complete it in around four and a half hours. You can go to his Just Giving page, uh, visit the link via his Twitter page. There are also other people running yes. the London Marathon this year as well, so if you do have any spare change, they would also be grateful and appreciative because they're running, everyone's running for a really good cause. Yeah, Lee Deering running for the JE3 Free Foundation. Foundation. Josh Wright, Mark Wright, I think are also running for the JE3 Foundation. Lots of Orient uh, will be there, and if you are running it, best of luck from yourself, Stan Charms. I wish everyone well on that journey. All right, let's do it. In the week that was, to who a Tuesday, the 11th of <coughs> April, the EFL announced that the O's had not one, but two nominees for the EFL End of Season Awards for League Two. As Richie Wellens was one of three managers nominated for Manager of the Year, and left-back Jaden Sweeney was one of three players nominated for Young Player of the Year. Obviously, we wish both those gents good luck. I imagine Richie's a shoo-in, right, for Manager of the Year. I think he's going to win the league. 
Yeah. And quite convincingly, we've been top most of the season. Yeah. I imagine he walks it. I'm not sure about Jaden because he's not been an ever present all season, but yeah. he's had a great season nonetheless. Yeah. I must say, not, I'm surprised slightly I'm to see him not an Orient player for player of the season. El Mazzuni has been absolutely phenomenal this season. I'm surprised he doesn't make the shortlist. Paul Smith has had a tremendous season from terms of goals injuries. and the quality, but maybe hindered by injuries. Vigaru, ever present this season. 23, 23 clean sheets, clean sheets out 41. of 41. Surprise he hasn't made it. I mean, obviously, there's only, you can only have three nominees, right? So I appreciate how difficult it is. Surprise not to see an Orient player in the player of the season. I totally agree with you. And Gabriel Sutton, who does cover a lot of the lower league um, uh, games, teams, leagues, um, he basically put his team out of... Uh, uh, team of the seed, League Two team of the seed. He had Harry Lewis of Bradford. His rationale behind him Sorry. versus Vigaru was, and I think others around Harry Lewis, I've seen a couple of others uh, accounts put it, yeah. him say that Harry Lewis, Bradford would not be where they are if it wasn't for Harry Lewis coming in and basically being as good as he has been. But I'd also argue that some of the important saves, that Lawrence Vigaru saved three penalties this season, granted he gave two of them away himself, so he redeemed himself, but I don't genuinely think we would be top of League One for as long as we have been, if at all, if it wasn't for the spectacular saves that Lawrence Vigaru has made. So I would argue that same thing as the reason why you know he's gone for Harry Lewis as to the reason why Lawrence is there. Add on to that, on top of that, we're top of the league. Add on to that, he saved 23, yeah. he kept 23 clean sheets. Granted, with the back four and the rest of the team, but he's broken a record. And he saved three penalties. So for me, yeah, I'm arguing, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Oh, I sure. completely yeah. understand that, but I don't get it either. Spot on. So Viggs, we love you, mate. You'll, be, yeah. you'll make our team of the year, uh, no doubt. So Wednesday, the 12th of April, the 22-23 first team player sponsors were uh, allowed into the training ground for a visit to meet their heroes. Must say, thank you to Johnny Epstein. We have got a video message from Paul Smith that we would have put out on the beginning of this episode but we were using all our devices to get Kent over and to record it is genius our best mate Paul Smith his message is coming at some point uh, down the line this season so that's a lovely message our best mate we love him and thank you to Johnny for sorting out that message from Legend. Paul yeah made me smile massively the <laughs> under 18s took on South End United away on Wednesday as well a bit of a crazy game here Orient took the lead uh, in the 6th minute Pegram won the ball back squared it to Smith Kwasi who converted from close range and South End equalised soon after but in the 32nd minute we ended up taking retaking the lead through Pegram again he found the bottom right corner from out from the outside of the box and then five minutes before half time uh, things got even better for Theo's Karoma um, played a ball behind for Avgustidis who made it 3-1 which is eventually is how the half finished yeah so the Oaks ended their lead in the second half in the 53rd minute as Avgustidis set up Smith Kowazi for his second of the game, to make it 4-1. And this being Orient, it's never over <laughs> till it's over. That goal seemed to spark us out and fight back. They pulled three goals back and were equal uh, by the 68th minute. So they scored three goals in 15 minutes. And although both teams had chances to win the match, it ended all square at four. What a crazy, crazy game that game. was. 
What but, a crazy exciting game for a neutral. Absolutely. Unlucky youngos. Unlucky to the youngos. Thursday the 13th of April, Omar Beckles was again up for a nomination. This time he was up for the overall EFL Player in the Community Award after winning the award for Skybet League 2. Yeah, well we wish Omar. Omar all the best of luck uh, on that award. Obviously the results will be announced, will be on them straight away. Friday the 14th of April, in a quiet day at the club. No news to report, so let's move on to Saturday the 15th of April, and it was happy birthday to O's defender, 27 years young, Tom James. Absolutely. We'll speak about the birthday yes. boy a little bit more uh, in this uh, roundup. So the main event of the day was obviously Sutton away, and obviously before the game, as you well know now, uh, we run a Twitter poll to see how you think we're going to go on. 324 of you casted your vote, a cynical 20, 10% thought we'd lose, 28% thought we'd draw, and an overwhelming 62% quite rightly thought that we would win. So thanks to everyone for your votes, not just for, yes, uh, for yesterday's game, but throughout the season, and there are five more to do. Yeah, and obviously our end of Four season polls will be done on Twitter as well, so we will utilise our Twitter audience as much as we can. And at 2 o'clock, that team was announced. We'd all been waiting for in goal, Vigaru, and at the back, Hunt, Beckles, Tarns, James in the midfield, El Mizzouni, Prattley, Moncur, with Smith, Sadlia, and Situ making up the 11. On the bench, we had Sergeant, Ogie, McCart, Clay, Brown, Drynan and Charlie Kalman. That's right. That meant there were three changes for the O's as Tom James, Ed Turns and Darren Prattley returned to the starting lineup. Yeah, I like that team. I must confess, I thought that one might be what Richie would go for. The only I got 10 out of 11 on Fan Hub. The only one okay. that I got wrong was Sweeney. I had Sweeney at left back yeah. and not James. But I thought he might play James in that one. So no complaints with me. I presume Sweeney is injured, although that hasn't been classified. I mean, he's not even in the squad, so I presume he's injured or pulled something somewhere. I was surprised to see Ogie in the bench over Thompson. If you watched Richie's pre-match interview, he was asked about Ogie and said Ogie hadn't trained very well over the last two or three weeks. I was surprised to see Ogie in over Thompson, unless Thompson's picked up anything. Um, But again, nothing specified that he has. Still missing Theo. I mean, look at that team. Decent bench, decent starting eleven, and Theo Archibald, who's been one of our main uh, attacking threats this season, nowhere to be seen. Hopefully he's back. Um, but yeah, look at that. A few game changes on there. Very happy that. I was confident. Yeah. You? Yeah, no, I agree. The only one I got wrong as well was um, James over, over Sweeney um, for that one. But yeah, you look, it's a fairly balanced bench. You've got two defenders, two midfielders, two yep. attackers on there, so it's fairly, fairly balanced. You know, you'd obviously rather have a slightly imbalanced squad towards the attacking players particularly if you need to chase a game but I think Richie Richie obviously had done his homework on Sutton and, and knew what they were about and what where we could hurt them um, so yeah look yeah, confident in the team that he'd put out it's a very experienced team when you're bringing James and Prattley back in Brilliant. Um, as well uh, Turns obviously has done so well with, with uh, Beckles at the back as a centre-back pairing so absolutely makes sense to me Ed Turns has completely changed my perception of him from the first two or three games I thought don't like this kid now I love him. He's going to go down as an Orient promotion winning centre-back. I, I wonder if he'll go back to Brighton and then either go out on loan to another League One club or whether we've asked to have him or whether we could get him for next season. Well, I think Dan Happy uh, sounds like he's almost near a return. So it'll be interesting to see but what happens with Adam's next season. Yeah, absolutely. Lots and lots to discuss yeah. and talk about in terms of contracts that 
Seems to go a bit quiet. I'm sure that will come uh, raise its head as we near yeah. the end of the season or I get su- promotion. I suspect once we know where we're going to be, it means the contract. There's probably two contracts out there, yeah. so they'll know which one they're going to want to do or not. Dot the eyes, cross those T's. So lots of feedback around the team when it was announced. Lewis Fear underscore said this is the Orient's strongest 11, in my opinion. We should smash it. Peter Foreman too said, with the exception of Theo and possibly Sweeney, I think that's about as good as it gets. League One team in waiting. Dan, William H. should practically back helps. Need leadership now to settle everyone down. I'm glad the front three get their starts again. I would love to see Sadlia get a goal today. Feel he deserves one. Dan, Dan with the magic ball man. The rhyming, rhyming, rhyming man as well from last week. Yeah, if you've got the lottery numbers, let us know. (laughs) Lenchin Chin 1 said, good to see a strong... Fit starting 11, approaching the tough end of a season and every club near the tabletop seeking promotion. Sutton over Easter suffered injury and illness, so we'll look to bounce back. We must be diligent, offer more going forward, be clinical and stay motivated for the whole 90 minutes. Lenchin Chidwell must be a football manager somewhere. I know yeah. I say it's everywhere. He must be like some kind of a <laughs> football manager or tactician somewhere. So the match kicked off with the O's knowing that if results went our way, we could get promoted but Sutton did get the match underway with a packed out away end and money other O's fans who were basically in the home end. And we won our first corner of the game in the second minute, which found Paul Smith at the near post, but the ball was cleared from danger. Yeah, seven minutes on the clock now. Sutton had their first chance of the match with a cross that went across the face of our goal. Not met by anyone. The ball was put back in the box, but Nerfil uh, side-footed well over the bar. Decent early chance there for Sutton. Something that might go under the radar. Paul Smith does very well defensively to get in Nerfil's uh, uh, way and make him hit it over the bar. Well done to our best mate, Paul Smith, defending beautifully. In the 13th minute then, Rul Satori was fouled about 25 yards outside the box. And with Kieran Sadlia and Tom James both lining up for it, up steps Sadlia. He got the ball up over the wall, striking the underside of the bar, and the ball flew in to the net, beating Hart to make it 1-0 to the O's as Sadlia scored his first goal for Leighton Orient. What a free kick that was. That is just... You don't save those. It's I don't care just... if you're Hart for Sutton United, if you're David De Gea, if you're Aaron Ramsdale, you if you're it. anyone. No keeper's getting close to that. He's no. hit it beautifully. Nice to see Sadie get his first goal. I think he's done all right for us. He's not blown me away. So he's some nice yeah. little touches here and there. I think hopefully this opens the gates now for him to get many more. And, yeah. you know, he, he, he can tell in the post-match interviews with the players where it was, um, I can't remember which player done their post-match, Viggs, how happy he was for Sadlia yeah. to get his goal. It seems like he settled in very well into the squad. So, great to see. Great free kick. The right character. I think that's one of the massive things when Russell put together the 13-14 yeah. season. It was obviously ability, but it was more important that he had the right characters. And I think even Justin had the right characters in when we got up. And it was about the players who weren't playing. It was made a lot of. Yep. You know, the Alex Lawlesses who trained really hard and really well but didn't get his chance but was still there. Same, that, you know, this whole squad. It's, it's not a coincidence that this is a pattern that emerges. That when you've got a team who are playing as a team and not a group, group of individuals, it's very different to having yep. just a group of footballers who are out there for themselves. Um, so yeah it, it, and he's just the right personality and character for that dressing room so it, it shows that he's slotted in really nicely 32 minutes then on the clock uh, sorry fast forward to the 25th minute I beg your pardon Paul Smith drove forward on the right hand side past the Tom James who was a good 25 probably 30 yards probably maybe 30, a bit mate, more uh, out with his left foot it just brings the ball over to his left foot he looks up and the Welsh wizard fired an absolute rocket of a shot 
into that same top corner that Kieran Sadlier had just exploited. Rose had absolutely no chance and we made it 2-0 to the O's. I mean, that's firstly, that's a goal of the month contender. Secondly, he's literally, barring a two or three months, got his own goal of the month for every month so far this season. He scored four goals this season. Every goal he has scored could win the relevant goal of the month. I don't think he wins goal of the month, but it's sort of goal of the season. But that's how good the quality has been. Correct. Great strike, lovely hit. Again, well done to Paul Smith, uh, who gets an assist on it. But Tom, that's what we come to expect, right, for Tom James. And again, really interesting. Uh, I won't spoil it, but obviously, Richie Wellens talked about Tom James in his post-match interview. But obviously, making a start, it's his birthday. Great to see him get a goal. And at that point, you're like, right, we're cruising here. 2-0, however... We were cruising 2-0 against Harrogate the week before and we were cruising 2-0 against Colchester. So now right. the fear turns into don't oh, blow no. this now. Yeah. So, you know, although 2-0, not home and dry by any stretch. 32nd minute, another good chance for you. Paul Smith was played in by Royal Sotiriu. A slow, hard shot was parried away by Rose. I thought Royal done really well there in the build-up as well. Well played, Royal, but Rose standing firm in the Sutton goal. Yeah, um, 32... No, sorry, where are we? I've lost my... No real talking points. Rest of the half, two additional minutes, half ended, 2-0 to the Mighty O's. Well done, thank you. Um, Two brilliant goals in the first half, and I I was thinking this exactly as as you've just said, don't do a Harrogate (laughs) in the second half. Basically, yeah. Basically, uh, let's not have a a, a repeat. Attendance was just 4,828, with 1,492 away. That's a third of the ground. I think that's all the ground can hold. There wasn't a spare seat in the house. At all, it was Ramo. I think you know it's that's, that's as many as you're going to get in certain, like you said, probably a decent number of O's fans making up the home number as well. So, no subs for the O's at half time. Darren Prattley got the second half underway in the 56 minutes. Tom James got another birthday card, but this time from the ref who booked him for a foul. Oh, that was a blatant foul, that wasn't yeah. booking to be yeah. fair. From the result of free kick, the ball came out to Boogle who smashed his shot just wide off the far post. Fair to say that we've had to be patient this half. Sutton have had lots of possession. They've been attacking down our left, thankfully without success. But you can tell they've had a bit of a rollicking in the dressing room. Yeah, as you'd expect. And we'd have to soak up. You can't be in possession all the time. But in the 57th minute, a superb long ball from deep inside our half found Kieran Sadlier. His first touch was absolutely superb, but his shot was just at Rose. Sadlier done the right thing, though. Trapped it down, laces through it. Rose just... In the goal, defending yeah. it as you would expect. 62nd minute though, huge <coughs> chance for the third. Viggs caught Sutton corner, launched the ball upfield. Eventually, Paul Smith won possession, drove towards goal. It was a three on one basically. He had yeah. Monko on the right, Sadlier to his left, yeah. passed it to Sadlier. And when it looked easier to score, Sadlier, fresh from his first goal in the first half, which was a worldie, put yeah. it over from close range. Should have done better there. I think Sadlier would be very disappointed that he's not scored. 100%. Five minutes ago, two chances he's had in five minutes. Yeah. To double the amount of goals he scored for us this season. Doesn't take either. Credit to Rose. You know, he makes the saves, keeps the scoreline respectable. Um, and but, but you'd argue that a player of his quality ought to be doing it. Then even need to say he'll that be, one. Scored it well over. Yeah, yeah, it was so high and over. And then you think, oh, he should have just played Moncur in. Moncur completely. Moncur made a smashing run. Shows you how fit Moncur is now, dashing across the pitch to get forward for his goal. But, you know, I can't blame Sadly for shooting. If you're a professional footballer, you'd take the shot. On yeah. Nice well, Moncur would have been offside, I think. Yeah, had he okay. Made that. 70 minutes on the clock then. The first Orient substitution, as the aforementioned Kieran Sadia came off. Charlie Kelman came on. He certainly did. Royal Satui was booked in the 73rd minute. Three minutes later, there were two more subs for the Overs. Darren Dryman replaced Royal Satui 
and Darren Prattley was replaced by Jordan Brown. I think at this point it's just game management, keeping Darren Prattley minutes. fresh, keeping Real fresh. Yeah. Obviously, Kieran fresh, yeah. And getting driven no some those points as well. Yeah, Charlie Kelman went through on goal in the 83rd minute, being played super- superbly through by Paul Smith. But unfortunately, Rose was up to. Uh, up to his standards and, and made a pretty decent save. Should have scored that though. Agreed. Great run, great ball from Smith, perfectly weighted. Kelman does well with his pace to beat his defender, does the hard work to get the ball into a shooting position and then from the easier part just shoots basically at Rose and makes yeah. the save. 88th minute in, final O's changes. George Moncur was replaced by Craig Clay. Yeah, four minutes of timing up on the board and in the 90th minute Charlie Kelman fired high and wide. With no further talking points, the referee Brought the game to a close with the O's taking the points, sparking huge celebrations with the players and the management in front of the away fans as both Sky and BBC and various other media outlets reported that we were up. However, those reports were a tad bit premature, but it didn't stop the good feelings going around the away end. So lots and lots of activity around our Twitter feed around this point because no one knew if we were up. Everyone pretty much knew we weren't up, but once Sky Sports broke the news and BBC broke the news, everyone was like, are we? aren't we? There's also a great video that the club put out yesterday, I think, of Richie Wellens asking Tom from the media team, are we up? He doesn't even know, he's celebrating. Tom goes over to him and you see Richie Wellens going, are we up? And Tom goes, no. And you see Richie's really? face like drain a little bit, no. but they're continuing the celebration. Great insight there, well done to the guys in the media team for putting them up, but they didn't, the team didn't even know, and even when the club are doing their post-match interviews when Viggs has been interviewed in Sadlia. They still aren't 100% sure what is going on, which just goes to show that Orient don't do things the easy way. It's no. always complicated. However, we'll come on to the league table after Richie Williams' interview. So after the match, Richie Williams spoke to Dave Victor. Are we going to play it? Yeah. yeah? So and here is what Dave Victor got out of Richie Williams' post-Sutton. Richie, thanks for joining us. Great celebrations at the end after a very professional display. Yeah, we actually thought, the way the crowd responded, we thought we was up, but um, obviously then we found out that we wasn't up, so you want to celebrate, but you want to you want to get off the pitch and be professional and make sure that we're ready for, for Gillingham on, on Tuesday night. Um, in terms of the game, tactically very good, um, really, really good performance, a little bit frustrated because the way that we played should have brought about more goals, but the two goals are just two um, unbelievable talented moments you know Sad is, is, is talented and, and to whip it like that was a fantastic goal and then obviously TJ we've come to we've come to um, see a few of them so frustrated that we've we've won the game through two and people will look and go to two worldies but we should be winning that game four or five the, the keepers pulled off some good saves you've missed one on ones um, so yeah, that's a little bit frustrating but we came here to do a job a clean sheet um, and the game changed a little bit second half because of the obviously the 2-0 scoreline and, and the 2-0 uh, scoreline against against Harrogate. But last week it happens. You see Man- Manchester United in the in the Europa League game teams change and, and games can change if you're not doing the basics right. We've done the basics right. We changed a little bit. We got a little bit sloppy at times in possession second half. But the basics, long throws, corners, set plays against this team is is important, and, and we were very good at that. The first for the club, Kieran. Sadly, we could have had more this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, we brought him to the club because we know he's got moments moments of, of quality. Um, technically, he's very, very good. He scores a lot of goals in training. We just wanted to see that in a game. Um, I think he's got four assists. So four assists, one goal is good. But with his capabilities and his technical ability, then we, we do expect more. Um, so I'm pleased for him. He got us off. I think we started the game in control. They're, they changed out. They press a little bit um, to what they have been doing, where they press with four. And once we worked out where Pratt's run their eight on and left 
their, their number 10 him in, in the middle of the pitch and we overloaded him and it, you know, it was a hard game for him so um, we were very good tactically and, and like I say great great strike by Sads and then topped off by, by TJ and the fourth of the season for Tom James was that his best? no I think his left foot volley against um, Grimsby was, was but honestly he does my head in TJ he does my head in the best thing we've done for him is, is take him out for a few games because it gives him that that realisation that Tom it's not all easy football you need to how he's playing in league so if we put a reel of his goals and his passing and his what, how is he playing in league two so we need to keep on at him and he needs to throughout the next season you know, league one hopefully will be up league one will be more of a test I need him to become more concentrated and we're working on that he's never had, we're working on his mental the mental side of it and we're working on that but a hell of a talent and I love him to bits but sometimes I want to wring his neck and shake him because just he can give us so much more and after Monday's disappointment it's important to get a clean sheet why was Monday a disappointment Dave okay. I asked why was it you have to accumulate a certain amount of points to get to where we want to go and draws are better than getting beat so if we would have got beat against Salford and not beaten Carlisle then we needed to beat Harrogate but the fact that you've got two wins against them two teams means that you can I, I said to you ten games ago the position that we're in we just need to keep our um, our points keep ticking over if we keep it ticking over then we'll, we'll be where we want to want to get to sometimes if you get too selfish and you want to win every game our motto for the last six seven games is don't, don't get beat um, and, and the players have, have been fantastic with that it was a good clean sheet and it's going to be a test now on Tuesday against uh, an informed Gillingham team yeah I think that obviously we've seen myself and PT went to watch a game at Colchester and seen Neil Harris and he was he was pretty down um, at the start of the season obviously he's managing the championship he's a good manager but it just goes to show that if you haven't got the players it's a really really difficult job um, we then see him a couple of weeks later I can't remember where it was and he was like no, he got his mojo back. He spent a bit of money, and he's got players in that obviously represent him now. And for me, he's probably been one of the best teams in the, in the second half of of, um, of the season. So they'll they'll obviously be confident at home. But um, I think we're the best team in the league, and, and we need to go and dominate the ball. And we need we need to dominate the ball because we did that at times. But also the basics, the basics. I know people people moan at my substitutions or or whatever it's nonsense in football it's basics and if people don't do the jobs from set plays if people don't track runners or people leave zones there's nothing I can do about that so we've done that now consistently in the last four games we've done it a load we've done it 13 games to be fair we've done it all season but we've done it especially better in the, in the last four games I understand the BBC and Sky are saying they've no winter promoted is the focus now on the title? no no it so the first focus was and if people get ahead of themselves then, then they always come back to, to haunt them get in the top seven make sure that we're in the top seven once you're mathematically in the top seven then you want to get in the top three and then obviously we've been top for so so long now and, and we've dealt with that pressure um, for a long long time I don't know how long we've been top it feels like we've been top for, for more or less all the seasons so um, we've dealt with that pressure they've chased us and they keep chasing us but I think we've dealt with it really well it has been a very special season. Congratulations. It's been so a very thank special you very much indeed to Dave Victor as always for letting yeah. us have that and, and to be able to use that in um, in full. Uh, speaks very well, Richie. Um, but yeah, I think we would have, without being too judgy or critical, we if we hadn't dropped points against in games like Harrogate, for example, we would have.
would have been promoted by now, but uh, we're just going to do it the Orient way and make it eke it out a little Absolutely. bit longer. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, but yeah, good interview from Richie there as always. So that win ensures we are top of League 2 for the time being, three points closer to promotion. So now played 41 games, 124, drawn 12, lost 5, goal difference of plus 29, 84 points. Second place Northampton played out a nil-nil draw away to Carlisle United. So Carlisle slipped to fifth. Stevenage moved up to third with a 2-1 home win over Wimbledon and Stockport dropped the place to four following their one all away draw away to Tuesday's opponents, Gillingham. So, like we've said, full-time whistle win. We thought it was uh, just a win, not promoted. Relevant, relevant, huge accounts were saying we were promoted. About 10-15 minutes of uncertainty followed. No one knew what was going on until Matt Porter tweeted this is the best tweet we've seen simplification who says this is what we think so Stevenage can beat our points tally Bradford and Northampton can win all their remaining games and draw against each other and both could catch us on goal difference so it goes on to say one more point so basically one more point from the last five and Leighton Orient are up to lead one yeah just promoted so that'd be first second or third there's no guarantee on promotion but I think three points will Help would do us based on other results going our way. Yeah, so uh, we will see. Well. Hopefully, Tuesday yes. night at nine thirty-five, we're up. Hopefully, he's champions. But hopefully, we have a better idea of where we are. Be nicer to do it at home. Draw Tuesday. Win on win Saturday. on Saturday. I think do it that way. As long as it, it, like you want to just that, win it. Right? That's you the dream. Just want to win it. But it'd be nice to win it on your home to on at a yeah, home game rather than away. Um, just very short and sweet for me as good a performance as you really want to see when you're in the position that we're in much better compared to Harrogate yeah. we, <coughs> excuse me we were on it <coughs> excuse me for the full 90 minutes everyone put in a really good shift great goals that have been the difference and the quality of those goals you can see with Tom James with Kieran Sadlier Sadlier could have had one or two more goals quite easily uh, Kelman could have had a goal we were really on it uh, uh, against Sutton Um we're edge ever closer to going up. We're just waiting for that game for it Almost. to be that game. Yeah, Almost there. Me, never in doubt. <coughs> I think when I saw that lineup on Saturday, I yeah. was uber confident, even with wearing the blue kit. I was like, yeah. we're, we're going to win it. Like I never thought we were going to lose that game. Uh, but those are the kind of games we've been winning this season, right? We've been going to like, decent League Two clubs and just winning fairly straightforwardly, like Barrow, Salford, you name them. Like, we've probably been there, done that, beat them. So pretty straightforward right and if you win all those games you're basically going to go up as champions which I think yeah. what we're going to do we've kind of raved already about the goals but two absolutely phenomenal goals great celebrations at the end Not lovely to see like all the players getting involved all the staff getting involved really good and Sutton holds a bit of a special place in their hearts I think Sutton's been quite a relevant club on this journey yeah. since Kent Large Water Club first competitive game was away to Sutton in the yeah, National, in League. National League we yeah. lost 2-0 obviously go there the season after beat them 2-1 obviously the keeper kick up they up getting yeah. sent off and breaking his ankle basically bonds penalty then went there last season after Richie just got the job lost 1-0 and went there yesterday and they've kind of cemented almost our place out of League 2 so they've had some pretty big games That's against great point. but you know almost there be great to get the job done on Tuesday um, hopefully we can do it yeah short and sweet for me this week every yeah. player done their job come amen. through it yeah. amen Amen. So those are our views. A huge amount of feedback, as you can imagine, that we got yesterday after the game. We'll read some tweets, but just because we do read them, it doesn't necessarily mean we agree or disagree with them. Matty H. LOFC got underway. Said, congratulations to Lawrence Figaro, 93, whose 23rd clean sheet of this afternoon uh, beats Ray Goddard's club record set back in 1969-1970 season. So 
kudos to uh, to Lawrence and obviously the defence and the team that have helped him to do that incredible uh, a great record he's still got five more games um, to keep more clean sheets absolutely put that record to, to beyond anyone else best Orient League defence in our lifetimes as yeah, it stands yeah. so far incredible Phil VZ1 said it's looking really good but it's not over till it's over and it's another tough match at Gillingham on Tuesday night not taking anything for granted Twist, Twisty Mellon man that's a new one for me welcome to the show right if we can just avoid doing a Roger Stanlisless or fielding an, illeg- an illegible player or any other kind of LOFC foot shooting I'd say we're nearly there that is a great safe to say sweet love that one Painting Orient says a great keeper makes everything look incredibly easy something that Viggs has done today shout out as well to the Sutton Stewards for singing along in less eventful second half. Now, I saw that point. and yeah, I was a bit like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, but great to see. You know, we've called out bad steward in. I think we should also call out good steward in. Never had a problem at Sutton. Well done to, to Sutton Football Club. Absolutely. I believe uh, someone is actually emailing, who's friends with the chairman, is actually email, someone I know who knows their chairman, is actually emailing to say thank you very much. Wow. The stewards are great. El Cawado said, great win. Didn't even need a lunatic goalkeeper doing the kick-ups. To do it, I'm very, I'm a very cynical man, but that is job done as far as top three goes. Only three can overtake us at this point, and it would literally require some mad run of results. One more point wins the title, in my opinion. Let's go. Let's go indeed. M8XL said, champions performance, we're in touching distance now. What a group of players, what a manager, what a season. And the victory lap is incoming. Yes, it is. Orient underscore Ed said, quite a comfortable away win in truth. Two great goals and another clean sheet. Though we should have scored more, but shot straight at their goalkeeper. Hunt was good. Smith also done okay, but El Miz was amazing. One more and we're there. I'm starting to feel it now. I hope so. Happy birthday once again. Yes. But Boatsy said, we are regardless of maths and it feels so good. Eight years, we are back. Yes, we need one point to confirm it, but the result of Sutton all has done this. Back to the match, two great goals by Tom, James and Kieran Sadia means we could see out the game. Now go for the title. Yeah, Wadsey said, what a fantastic afternoon and party atmosphere at the end with the players and staff. So funny to see so many of us at the station trying to work out if we're up or not. Now, not long to go now and we'll be up. Biffo Props says, way back in September, Viggs stole a win at Rochdale with a fine display. He has continued to get better through the season generating wins with goals across the forwards. Icing on the cake this weekend of Thomas Sunday. <laughs> or almost promoted hashtag, hashtag once and know. Thomas Sunday? I thought that was down at Tom James, but God knows it might uh, not be. Right, it okay. could well not be. Let us know before I prop what, what Thomas Sunday is in your world. Sunshine LOFC said, a totally dominant display, impossible to pick a man of the match. Two absolutely excellent goals. We look much more comfortable with turns in defence. Do you dig it? He says, do you dig it? Kent Teague said, Salmon is on the way for you, Sunshine LFC. <laughs> Matty LFC Evans said, one point from the promised land. How many for the title? I don't know. But for me, we have both hands on the trophy. Just a matter of time before we lift it. Special shout out to Viggs. Goddard's record has been broken. Best player this season for me. We are on our way. I say what, our player of the season poll for end of season is going to be one hell of a poll. Just to even so get down hard. to four nominees. I don't think we can. I just don't think we can. Safe, we have to speak about that. Safe hand 0-0 said, 10 away wins. Most clean sheets ever. A joyous style of football. Such a talented bunch. I'm loving this season. Two titles in five seasons. Let that sink in. Two titles in five seasons. Haven't won the wow. title yet, but yeah, ama- potentially, potentially amazing, amazing Even achievement. Even two there. promotions in five years. It's crazy. Essex Beers says we're nearly there. Great first half and good game management once again in the second. Really looking forward to Gillingham on Tuesday. Let's hope we can get this done ASAP. Yes. Um, 
BenBen1980 said, we are racking up some memories along the way this season. That's a great opening line. Only the O's can manage a, have we, haven't we gained promotion? Even Jeff Stelling got carried away. What an away day today has been. Congrats to Viggs and the team for two days record. Uh, Kent is one of our own top stewards. Great birthday present TJ gave us. Uh, Kieran Sadley is off the mark. Another complete team display. And Idris, please be this year's Loney we fell in love with and become a no. We're nearly there. Up the O's. Great tweet. Penultimate one this week goes to Janine Edelman. This is a far cry from that awful opening match in our first year in the National League against Sutton. Seems only fitting that we return there to seal promotion back to League One. Well, almost. And the final word goes to at Johnny Eppers who said on the brink Tuesday appointments were mathematically up now only goal difference to go we win and Stevenish don't championers we are yeah keeping everything crossed I can get my gold and blue shirts printed with Campionis 23 on Saturday. We hope you can do that. So those were all the tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any that have been read out. You can do that by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook@outlook.com. You can find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Or you can also find us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. So town and country Harlow Prediction League update for you. Covering London, Essex and Hertfordshire, town and country Harlow estate agents are run by two Orient season ticket holders and fans and the podcast, and together with the podcast, have helped dozens of people move home. And the best bit is they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off their already competitive fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property or if you're just curious as to its value, save yourself a few hundred quid, keep it in the Orient family, give them a call on 01279 or 07528 Four nine seven, and you can contact them on Twitter. It's just simply T and C Harlow. Yeah, so a few winners this week. So well done to Matty LFC Evans, Bogs Dolics One, Steve White LFC, Rob JB nineteen seventy four, Charlie eight six nine zero three six four eight, Ben Whitlock thirteen. That's all those fans. East London XL, LFC underscore Dan Wings Mad. Eastside Orient, Big TV 4-7, and Phil VZ1, all predicted 2-0 getting 3 points, but extra kudos to Andy R. Groves Knight and Jason Kilby 6, who predicted 2-0 and a scorer getting 4 points. No one took the maximum 5 points on offer, so that means the top of the prediction league is led by that sort O's fan at 40 points. Pulled away again, so I think the title is going to him. However, Ben Whitlock, 13, not giving up yet. He's on 29 points, so Ben needs at least yeah. three correct predictions Keep going. Keep going. out of five. 26 points behind them. East London XL, LOFC underscore Dan, and O's fan basing. Thanks to everyone for their predictions. Five games left, so not anything is confirmed yet. However, points are still there to yeah. be grabbed. They absolutely are. So let's move on then to Sunday, the 16th of April, as we're just coming up to the hour and a quarter mark now. Well done to Tom James, he was named in the League Two, uh, the League Papers League Two team of the day following his performance against Sutton this weekend. Well done, Mr. James. Also, huge congratulations to the ladies team. They won promotion today as champions out of the Greater London Women's Football League Division One North. They were at home, playing on the sacred turf of Brisbane Road, winning the game four 0 with goals from Pierce. And Warsfold and a double from Hunt. Lovely celebrations at the end as the O's are promoted. So it's not only the men's first team, the ladies as well yeah. smashing it. Well done to yes, the ladies. Well Richly done. deserved. Love to see it. And looking forward to seeing the ladies' progress next season as well. Okay, so let's wrap this up then. Fantasy football update is still to be fully updated, but Stuart Coleman is currently top of the podcast Fantasy Football League, 2,141 points ahead of Danny Bowden, who's in second place on 2,000. 
and 74. Steve's up to 205th out of 356 players, so well done. Still a few games left in the Premier League to be played, so do keep going. Absolutely. So positives and negatives of the week. First of all, we haven't got any negatives this week. Not going to think of any. Can't find any. Not going to hunt for them. So we've got four positives, so we'll take two each at a time. So first up, three points on Saturday. Two terrific goals. That's been merged into one positive. Second one, clean sheet. Another one this season, the 23rd, meaning Lance Vigor has broken the league record, 23 clean sheets. Things you love to see. Absolutely. Top of the league, top of League Two. Promotion is in sight. That is the biggest positive probably that we could put out there. Uh, other than to say, obviously, as we've just mentioned, that the ladies are now promoted out of the league that they are in. Certainly. Yeah, so oh, well done, everybody. Well done. Great stuff. Town and Country Harlow, hero of the week. So we took this one to Twitter. We nominated the following four players. We could have nominated more if we had the chance, like we said, limited yeah. by Twitter. So we nominated Omar Beckles, Idris Almazuni, Tom James and Kieran Sadlier. And just, this was probably the tightest we've seen it between Very three tight, players. Yeah. But with just under 33% of the vote from 317 voters. Decent number is, as well. Yeah. Idris Elmazuni. Yeah, well done to Idris. Just pipping both Kieran Sadlia and Tom James. Not by much at all. So Idris Elmazuni is our hero of the week. Another lone player we have fallen in love, love with. with yeah. Captured our hearts Don't forever. Do it, guys. So next week's fixing massive, massive week for the O's coming up on Tuesday, the 18th of April. It's the hottest ticket in East London. Gone on the black market for huge money. We are travelling to Ginningham. So Ginningham. <laughs> 18th in League 2, although don't discount them, they've been fantastic Gillingham over the last uh, couple of months in League 2. They drew one all at home to Stockport on Saturday. The last six, they've won three, drawn one, lost two. That's going to be a very, very difficult game. And on Saturday, 22nd of April, hopefully the homecoming of the champions as Crew Alexandra come to Brisbane Road. Crew, 16th of League 2. They had a comfortable 2-0 home win over Walsall yesterday in the last six. They've won three. Drawn zero, lost three. I was on the Railway Men podcast that's out imminently talking about Orient. Their crew have got nothing to play for. They just come in and hope to be involved in the party celebrations at Brisbane Road on Saturday. So they're looking forward to that one. Obviously, we've got another 400 tickets from the away fans, which have gone to Orient fans. It's going to be a very loud day, party atmosphere. So if you see uh, myself in the South Stand, come and say hello. It's going to be a great day, hopefully. We're celebrating watching yeah. the champions on Saturday. Oh, don't rub it in. I am away <laughs> with work that weekend, so I won't be able to be there. Sod's law, isn't it? Sponsorship reminders, so don't forget, get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist for any occasion that you have. 0208 529 4130. You can contact them also by social media, Carol Langley E4. Carol is C A R O L E, Langley E4, or at Essex Beers. That's their Twitter handles. Instagram is Carol Langley Florist, all one word, and just search Carol Langley Florist on Facebook. So that is it. That is it indeed. Thank you for joining us for a very special episode 318. Another great away day for the O's at Sutton. So a 2 0 win. Two great goals and a clean sheet with wild celebrations at the end of the match, putting us within touching distance of League One. So, so close now, isn't it? Yeah. With the O's needing just a point now to confirm promotion, with lots of us ready for an away day to Gillingham on Tuesday night to see this happen. If not, then hopefully Saturday at home to crew. We can't wait to be bringing you, hopefully, a promotion special whilst talking about these matches in next week's episode. Unfortunately, as Paul said, Paul misses next week's. I get a special guest in to join me. Yeah. But hopefully a promotion special awaits. 
Yes. If you're listening on iTunes, <laughs> please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in on Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on Smart Speakers and the Fan Hub app, so listening to us really couldn't be any easier. It's unlikely that we are going to be having concept, you know, periods where we're going to be promoted after promoted like you can't can't do that so no. enjoy it while you can Absolutely. i know people who support premier league clubs who are disillusioned with their premier league clubs that are coming to orient and enjoying what they're seeing their children are enjoying what they're seeing um listen to the podcast if you know any like pass it on to them if they want to get indoctrinated help uh, pass the pod on if you've got an older relative or a loved one or just someone that you know might be disillusioned with their club wants to join the um, the the you know the Orient promotion party then get them involved and uh, yeah pass the pod absolutely massive thank you to Kent Teague once again for coming on the podcast what's scheduled to come on next week we've got him a week earlier with only one match to talk mm-hmm. about and Paul being here so that one so we change that at a late notice thanks to Kent thanks to the club hope everyone enjoyed Kent Teague there pleasure having that man on the podcast whenever we can get him so we'll be back episode 319 next week which will have all the information and views that you could ever need we look forward to Mm -hmm. hearing from you as always keep calm keep very calm this week stay safe (laughs) have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's